podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are listening to the RAP podcast, the Welsh Regional Rugby Appreciation Pod, where we try to cover all the important issues on and off the field in Welsh Regional and National Rugby. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, all of that information is at the end, so you'll just have to bear with us and get to that bit. In the meantime, enjoy this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's first of two um, uh, podcasts this week. So, um, as always, joining me is the usual crew. I've got Jamie, Carwin and Reese, And uh, we have a special guest this week uh, joining us from the start. We have author extraordinaire Luke Upton. So, mm-hmm. hello everyone. How are we all, gents? Good evening. Good, thank you. Yeah. How are you, Leo? Well, welcome, welcome, Luke. So, before we start with drink of the week, we we got to explain that Reese is well. Reese, I'll let you explain just how cocked up was your weekend, mate. Tell, tell everyone what you did. <laughs> um, well, I, I in, in a bid to stay fit, I I do kickboxing and taekwondo, and I was doing a grading, and I tried to um, spar somebody a lot younger than I was, and my knee didn't like it, and I uh, dislocated it. Smashed up a tendon, and I had an operation yesterday. So I'm on, uh, I'm on medication of the week, and uh, flying high on cocodamol. <laughs> <laughs> so you're high as a kite for well, you've been high yeah, as a oh, kite yeah. for a couple of days, haven't you? Yeah, yesterday was on the Oromos. That was great, <laughs> but uh, but I'm not allowed to take that stuff home with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Right, so let's start with drink of the week then. So let, let's start with our guest's drink of the week, first of all. So Luke, what's, what's your drink of the week, my friend? Hi, boys. Thanks for thanks for getting me on the show. Uh, oh, my drink of the week is, is a calf freeze. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been with a calf freeze for a long years. time. Yeah. Mm. I used to drink Absolutely that in uni a lot. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 3.8%. Three, 3. Really smooth. Really easy to drink. I've got uh, I've got three kids, but I've got uh, I've got a ten month old who wakes up all the time in the night. So my uh, <laughs> my drink works well is on them, of... yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so three three point eight percent calf freeze all the way. Great Christmas drink. Yeah, cool. Jamie, what's yours, mate? So I got the beer that sponsors both the Dragons and the Ospreys. Do you know what that is, Carwin? What do you think I got? Uh, what was that? You've lost your sound, Carwin. That's never a bad thing, to be honest. <laughs> not, being, not being able to hear Carwin. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, we can yes. hear you now. Yeah. What have I got? Doomba. Doomba. Correct. Ah, Happy uh, days. And the glass. Yeah. I got the glass and proper that. Oh, you're just showing off tonight, <laughs> mate. He's got the shirt on, he's got the, the, the glass, he's got it. Ah. Proper corporate. Tonight. Oh yes, disappointing. <laughs> Carwin, oh no, you're going to do that. So, Reese, are you allowed to drink, or are you are you medication of the week, mate? Yeah, no, if I I can't have any uh, drink today uh, on the medication I'm on. Uh, my mother, the next nurse, looked at the cocodamol they give me, and she says, "Oh, that's stronger than the stuff I got in the house." So, uh, <laughs> so, 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 so going and out of his pods, you know why. <laughs> All right, well, so mine then. So I'm going across the, the, the craft beer shelf in Tesco's. And I thought, so I've done all the Welsh stuff. I wasn't going to do the English stuff. And I thought we'd go foreign. So I saw this and I quite like Californian stuff. 
Um, so I've got a, a bottle of, of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And I didn't really look at it. I just liked the look of the bottle. And then just before we were about to come on air, I had a quick look at it, and it's 5.6%. And then I had a sip of it, and, oh, I stripped the back of the throat as it's going down. It's a real, it's like tequila. It's not a tequila beer, but it is, oh, man, it's harsh. So, mm, I wouldn't recommend it already. I've only had two sips. I wouldn't recommend it, but there we go. So, Carwin. <clears throat> gonna yeah. enjoy this bit. So I'm not. <laughs> so Carwin's forfeit drink of the week is a cold bottle of mulled wine. Cheap mulled wine. Cheapest <laughs> one. The cheapest one you could find in the co-op. How much was well, it? It was the only one. Um, it was about six quid, I think. Oh, that's I got. I got stuff for three quid down in mine. Yeah, well, it's cheaper down west, isn't it? Um, but look, this is eight percent. It says heat with cinnamon sticks and halved oranges. Unfortunately, that's not happening for me tonight. Uh, so, bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, Carwin, you were sixty-seven points. No, yes, yeah, sixty-seven points out from last week on predictions. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's because obviously I I didn't back the Scarlets, which no, exactly, I never yeah. will. You've um, yeah, understandable to be fair. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I'd, uh... that feels a lot of you. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, man. How bad is that? Oh, that's actually quite nice. Oh, oh yeah. disappointing, man. You've lucked out there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Bastard. Happy days. Well, it's done. Cheers, boys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we'll do the same again next week. Right. Uh, okay. So let's 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 talk interesting stuff. So let's let's start with rugby first of all. So Luke, what did you make of the weekend's games, mate? Before we we we'll talk about your book and all that kind of stuff because we quite like it. But what did you make yeah. of the rugby stuff from last weekend? Well, as a as an Ospreys fan, um, so from Swansea, living living South East London, but Ospreys fan, very very disappointed with with what happened on on Sunday afternoon. I mean, looking at the team sheets beforehand, so Leicester made a bunch of changes. Ospreys team looked pretty strong. Um, not to be a lot of mistakes, not a lot loads of, of mistakes. Creativity, <laughs> yeah. But you boys must not be used to that by now. Yeah. Oh, I know. You've won, won, you won one game, look. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, we've brought all these boys back from internationals straight, and they've gone straight in. Where actually, I think yeah. the lads were filling in. I thought they were doing quite a decent job, you know, and I think that those lads wanted it more. And you, you've got these internationals coming back, and there's just no fight in them. No. And it was all. I, I, and it bugs me, like, it's constant. You, you know the Welsh backs play, pull the ball back, pull the ball back. I mean, you can read it every time. You know, there, there's got to be, there's no heads at rugby. And it's really frustrating as a, as a fan. Um, you know, I, I love the Ospreys. I've been a supporter since they, they started, uh, Neath before that. But um, it's just so frustrating. You know, they, they should have won that game, hands down. But they just did not look like uh, a team. They were just full of individuals. No. It, it's they're losing the, the the tight. They've lost every tight game this year, basically, haven't they? You know, yeah. And yeah. you know, it's got Montpellier away now. Probably 
Do you want me to probably shock us out there and win? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, who knows what which French team? But yeah, very disappointing. I mean, it's been a very disappointing season. Obviously, you guys talk about this sort of most weeks, but you know, I did feel like we were moving in the right right direction. But we've gone backwards this year, haven't we? We, no, we have. We're we way have. off at the moment, really. And a lot of those players coming calling... back would have had their their heads quite low, isn't it? After the end of that uh, autumn international season, isn't it? And, and like we were saying in other podcasts, like the the youngsters filling in, or oh, well, not filling in, representing, you should say, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, they, they, you know, outside half and who, who was the centre we talked about in South Africa? It was quite stocky, like quite the like a, a Scott Gibson figure at twelve. Oh, Kieran Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, players like him and stuff like that, isn't it? it shows it's a sort of play you need to build the back of line around. Him and Morgan Morris, you know, uh, in, in the pack as well. They are the mm. people you need to build that Ospreys team around. I mean, the number 10 situation is obviously a bit bit unfortunate. I think, you know, someone like, you know, if Myler plays on the weekend, he's probably, might be a different story. And, you know, our 10 is doing a decent job, but they never thought he'd be playing this match today. No, you know? no, exactly, yeah. Um, and obviously bringing in Owen why... Williams as well. Exactly. I, I don't know why Poe are looking at Gareth Anscombe. Like he's he's a you know he's a cracking player, but he's not an investment, is he? No, <laughs> I mean, no. he's thirty-one. Terrible injuries. I mean, it looks like he's going to be off, doesn't it? Well, but yeah. I mean, for them, is it short term? Is it a short term investment? I don't know, but I mean, hopefully yeah. he'll he'll actually invest back into the Ospreys the amount of time they've invested in him throughout the time he's been out with injuries. You know, um, yeah. is that loyalty there? I don't know. Yeah. Do any of you an uncomfortable yeah. stat on about Sunday? <laughs> no, a really uncomfortable stat. So the Ospreys, right? I'm, I'm quoting this from the Telegraph, right? So if it's wrong, don't blame me, right? But the Ospreys had apparently more than 600 international caps in their team, right? That's right. Yeah. Leicester, did, yeah. Leicester had just 82 caps, right? 56 of those came from Anthony Watson alone. I, I mean, that's bad, day. isn't it? They should have won, shouldn't they? Oh, he did. He was excellent. Actually, but you look at the lineups. Have heard, yeah, if you heard um, the head coach for Leicester there, um, at the start, he's been in for players of the game. Yeah, he was saying, mm-hmm. um, he, was, he mentioned the caps. And he said, and statistically, uh, you can win a Rugby World Cup with 650 caps. Hmm. <laughs> You I know. think Ospreys yeah. will be struggling, mate. <laughs> no. I think it's a bit ambitious to, to take well, that leap. Well, sure. it depends what Warren Gatland does now. Like when he came in 2008 with the 13 Ospreys and two others, and we went on to win the win a Grand Slam, didn't we? Oh, Chris, you know? you're as bad as recent is. Did you see when Cardiff <laughs> played the Sharks? That was, <laughs> that's like, um, that's a question for Luke, isn't it? So, Luke, what do you think about Gatland, the saviour, coming back to Welsh rugby and? Pivax Saki, yeah. what, what do you make of it, mate? Well, I mean, I think it's a, a pretty a pretty bad indictment of uh, of the WIU, I think, yeah. and, and where they are with their planning or, or lack of it. I mean, I guess we'll probably talk about the Steve Phillips interview a bit later on if you've sort of listened to it. I've heard it. So I think, oh, yes. I think it's a terrible indictment of the WIU. But are we more likely to beat Ireland in February? Are we more likely to get to the quarterfinal of the World Cup? Hundred percent. So, is it an upgrading yeah. coaching? I think it is. So, I mean, I, I think I think he's the best possible person we could have got. You know, t- people talking about Ronan O'Gara 
Kamara and stuff like that is just nonsense, you know. Like he's not that's not happening. No. I mean Di Flanagan, maybe in a couple of years' time. Um but <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> leave him alone, he's fine with us. <laughs> the best glasses wearer in Welsh rugby, Di Flanagan. That's true. Um, yeah. All, always wearing glasses. Big respect for him for that, you know. Um yeah, yeah it's it is really isn't it? I mean Welsh rugby, as you as you boys talked about most weeks, is a basket case. And yeah. you know, bringing Gatland in is an, ind- an indictment of that. But on the other hand, we are better off with him than without him, I think, in lieu of other options. I think the key thing is what, what happens in his four or five years is whether he gets control over other aspects of Welsh rugby, whether he wants to or not. I don't know. Um, I mean, on that Phillips interview, he, he kind of fudged it, didn't he? Talking about what happens after the first year. Mm. I think you have to build in some continuity. You have to bring in some sort of success or planning. Um, because at the moment there isn't anything and if if we have a good World Cup and suddenly New Zealand don't and New Zealand suddenly give him a bell he'll leave and there is I don't know who on earth would come in if Gatland did leave at the end of the year so yeah mixed feelings but do I feel more optimistic about the Six Nations with him as manager than Pivac? Yeah 100% so yeah I agree same but then when we talk about like succession planning and and we have spoken about this it it seemed a fairly obvious step up for Sean Edwards at the time, like mm. Gatland leaves, and you, like what Ireland did, you kind of create that continuity from within, and you go, if the guy wants a four-year contract, give him a four-year contract. To 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 lose a coach on something so kind of, you know, elementary was, you know, I think that that should have been the like you say the plan should have been there. This is what we'll do, right? Okay, mm. and, he, and he gave like twelve months notice. Gatland, that this was my intention. This is what it wasn't like. Oh, by the way, next week I'm off. So, yeah, as a how the WIU do business, that just kind of reeks of it, really. It's just the lack of foresight and the lack of planning ability and lack of agency. Yeah. I go back to leadership. It's just there's no leadership in there. There's nobody going right. This, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to do it, and all that kind of stuff. We just, it's a shit show, is what it is, uh, and yeah, has been for a while. They've made this big change, but you know, if the Georgia kicker at the end of that game slices it wide, <laughs> he's probably mm. still a manager. You know, like it's, <laughs> oh, thank God, thank God, he got it. Eh? <laughs> wow, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's not nice. No, I'm right, no. joking. Really, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is true. Yeah, it is yeah. true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, so let's let's talk about your book, Luke, because um yes. Jamie's been raving about this for, for a while and we've all had a little dip into it. So for those uh, <laughs> see, I tell you what, when when Jamie smiles now, there's a brown tongue inside that mouth because he's he's going <laughs> just because you haven't night. done your homework, I bothered to go out and buy it. <laughs> It's on my Christmas list. You lot haven't done your homework, so I've done it. Oh, so I, I've been sleeping. I've been on nights. It's on my <laughs> Christmas <laughs> list. I said to the wife, I said, I quite like this book. I, we, we were in, where were we? Waterstones in Cardiff. And I said, oh, I, I'm going to have a look for a book. Because blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, no, no, you don't buy books this close to Christmas. I'll buy it for you. And I was like, ah, bugger. So, yeah, I kind of, I got an idea. 
but <laughs> give, give me a couple of weeks and I'll know. But at the minute, yeah, we're all going on what Jamie's kind of said. So give, give us a quick rundown then, Luke. What's, what's the book about? Tell us why we should have it for Christmas. There we go. How's that? <laughs> well, it's the, it's, it's the perfect Christmas gift for the, the rugby fan in your life. Um, no, it's uh, I've, I've written a, I've written a couple of books. I've been lucky enough to write a couple of books for for Olava, the Welsh publisher. So you guys kind of know. Um, the last oh, book I wrote was called uh, Hard Men of Rugby. Um, so a collection of twenty um, profiles. That's it. That's the one. Um, twenty profiles of kind of tough players, kind of on and off the pitch. Um, so you know all variety of of nutters um including paddy main who are those of you watching uh rogue warriors that bbc sas show he's kind of the lead character in that um and then the, the kind of logical one to come after after hard man was was mavericks um so i was sort of thinking about it a little while and then i was watching during covid um i was watching the last dance you know the the chicago bulls documentary on netflix um i don't like basketball at all you know I haven't got a clue about any of it, but found it absolutely, you know, kind of fascinating, really, and you know, really got into it. And it got me thinking a bit about how kind of like mavericks in rugby are treated or or not treated. Um, so yeah, it sort of led to, to this book. And I was lucky that Oliver gave me quite a big, um, quite a, quite a broad sort of remit, really, in that I could pick players who were players who were sort of creative on the pitch so someone like um you know Serevi Fijian obviously like ultimate flair player you know avoiding contact at every cost you know that kind of thing um people like Finn Russell um people like sort of David Campese um but then also able to bring in players who are sort of maverick kind of off the pitch so someone like Jean-Pierre Reeve who was like a tough nut player in the 80s but has become like a world-renowned artist since um Prince Alex Obolensky, who was a great player for England before the war, but he was like an exiled uh, Russian prince, um, right through to someone like David Pocock. Again, like a tough, you know, tough nut forward on the pitch, um, but a kind of uh, a campaigner off it. So, you know, campaigning for yeah. um, you know, marriage. Guys, yeah, and now he's a senator. Yeah, he got, he got elected a senator. He's only 33, 34, I think. He's like a young man. Um, so it was really good fun to put together. Um, so I was able to choose a lot of different players. Um, and yeah, it's a bit, I guess it's a bit like an album. There's a few kind of greatest hits on there. So, you know, you've got your sort of Ray Gravels on there and, you know, brilliant stories with him. Um, you know, Di Bishop, um, another Welsh, you know, another Welsh angle. And then, yeah, there's people who are maybe a bit, bit less known. Um, I've got uh, kind of an Irish guy called Marnie Cunningham in there that is, really only known to your, your your proper monster heads from the 50s but he was uh, an Irish international a very good one who packed it in his job uh, packed in the, the game very abruptly to become a Catholic priest uh, and then became a sort of anti-apartheid campaigner so when the Springboks toured uh, Britain and Ireland in the 70s um, it was a really big controversial kind of thing there were kind of protests at loads of games um, big protests in, in Wales, a big battle at St. Helens, um, literally a battle on the pitch there. But he kind of led the protests in Ireland. It's quite interesting. He was the only former player to lead them. So someone like him was a story that wasn't really told before. And I spoke to his family and it's kind of a new story. So, yeah, it's good fun. And it's, you know, hopefully it's, it's quite focused on the on the characters, really. I'm not I'm not really into sort of stats or like straight up 
he was born here, then he went here and he did that. You know, I'm not really interested in that. It's it's sort of picking out the stories and the and the key moments from their career. Um, so yeah, it's good fun to write, and I, I got to speak to quite a lot of people as well. So I interviewed um, I interviewed David Campesi, uh, who did the foreword wow. for it very kindly, and he was he was good value. He was exactly how you'd imagine David Campesi to be. <laughs> Just, like, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of emailed him and said what I'm doing. Like, would you like to chat? And he's like, yeah, sure, mate. And then, like, gave him the call at a time and he started, you know, he was straight off, just full of opinions. Um, it's not in the book because it doesn't really fit, but he was really critical of uh, of Wayne Pivak and Stephen Jones. Uh, and this was... <laughs> Top man. This was about this time last year, actually, when I interviewed him first. And he was like, I don't understand why they guys are doing that. I don't understand why... Uh, you know, Stephen <laughs> Stephen Jones is your is your backs coach and stuff like that. But yeah, he was yeah. you know he was great fun. Um, how long Steve did Fendt. it? How long did it take Campesi to mention the World Cup? And, and... Uh, yeah, he did. He did. He did bring it up. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Just casually dropped it in. But then you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I've, I've watched a lot. You know, I've watched quite a lot of that that World Cup. There's a few of the boys from the book in that, and uh, yeah, he was he was something else. You know, um, but yeah, he was great. And he, he kind of he's written the forward, so he was good. Yeah, I spoke to Steve Fenwick, obviously a you know, Welsh great, and he was he was lovely. Again, kind of exactly how you'd imagine. So, you know, obviously I couldn't couldn't speak to Ray Gravel, so I spoke to his you know the next best person really. Yeah, I mean, he was he was lovely. Um, and then Non Evans actually was the other the other Welsh person I spoke yeah. to um, for the book. And she's you know she's a fascinating character. She's a hell of an athlete, representing Wales in you know in rugby for about fifteen years, but also in you know the Commonwealth Games um, in different sports. Um, you know, powerlifting, judo. Uh, she went on gladiators <laughs> in the in the nineties um and she yeah she was she was great i mean she's a great athlete but she's you know she's had a few issues as well she's you know it's been a bit of a tough time for us since since retiring um and she spoke quite openly about about that um yeah there's three welsh people in there so it's gravel uh, non evans the other person is is um die bishop mm. obviously lots of stories lots and lots of stories with him um whenever i mention his name people have got a little smile on their face and they often tell me their own anecdote about bumping into him in cardiff and he bumped into and... a lot of people, and it? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me, ref. It was, I bumped into him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not everything's gone in the book. <laughs> it's fair to say. And unfortunately, um, he he obviously had some. He was a little bit unwell at the start of the year. He had a, had a stroke, and he was he was oh. a bit a bit poorly. So I didn't get to speak to him. And then he he messaged me. Unfortunately, the literally the day the book was being printed saying oh hi luke oh yeah i'd love to chat give me a bell and it was, it was oh, sort of too yeah. late but, oh gosh um mm. yeah so i will i will try and speak to him but he was he was a great you know he was a great chapter um so yeah it's quite fun it's very sort of character focused um and i've tried to bring in quite a bit of the the sort of world that they were they were sort of playing in as well so kind of the era and what the big issues sort of were so I mean, one of my favourite chapters would be uh, James Small, who was the South African winger, winger. in the 1995 World Cup final. Um, so he he played against Lomu. Yeah, <laughs> he was his, you know, his job was to basically bring him down, um, which he did. 
Um, but he was kind of a fascinating character, quite troubled, like, you know, a bad boy off the pitch, lots of kind of issues. Um, but again, a sort of fascinating guy because he was playing at a time when it was going from amateur to professional. Um, but he was also not of a Afrikaans heritage. He was the only player in the team. He basically had Chester Williams, who was the only black guy in the team, and he had James Small, who was the only guy of British heritage, and then he had 13 Afrikaans guys. So he had his own kind of dynamic with that. So he was actually very positive about the changes that were coming into South Africa and the South African rugby because he'd experienced some elements of sort of discrimination in, in his life. So he was, you know, he was a really interesting one. And I, I interviewed uh, uh, Joel Stransky um, for that chapter, who she got the you know, got the kick uh, to win the game for them. And he was, you know, he was great. And again, he didn't, you know, he's he was James Small was his, was his mate, um, but he didn't, you know, he didn't sugarcoat it really in that the guy was a bit wild. And he'd say like, I was, you know, I'd be going to bed at, at sort of 10, 10 p.m. And he'd be going out and I'd be waking up at seven. He'd be coming back in, you know, <laughs> like kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, you know, stuff like that's, that's kind of really quite interesting because they operate at a time when there's loads going on, not just, you know, on the pitch and I think quite a few of the boys in the book I mean there's there's some of the current lads like sort of Danny Cipriani and, and Sonny Bill Williams in there and Finn Russell um, but then quite a few of the older boys have obviously got jobs and stuff like that and off the field activities which you know from a, a writer's perspective make them a bit more interesting to write about I think so yeah it was good it was good fun to do and um, people seem to be quite you know quite enjoying sort of dipping into it um the chapters aren't too long they're not in any order particularly so it's it's a good one for sort of dipping in and out of and that kind of thing so yeah how long did it take to put the book together um about about a year or so um so well, a bit of research and work yeah yeah sorry what I liked about the bits I've dipped into sort of thing is um, uh, putting the dynamic that the individuals had, not just with their sport, and they, but the people around them and their backgrounds. I didn't I didn't realise that Ray Gravel lost his father to suicide, you know, and stuff like that, and how that sort of influenced him. And he was a very sort of a, um, self-deprecating man, wasn't he? Like, you know, always asking, you know, uh, like uh, uh, um, other players knew they could wind him up by telling him, um, you know, or oh, you've lost weight and you lost things weight like that. Or you're fat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think with with all of them, really, you know, and it's, it's like, it's like, I think it's like anything to be honest. The more you know, the more you look at it, the more complicated things are. And I think for these kind of people who are so incredibly talented and have such pressure on their shoulders, they've often got, you know, other other things in their life that are sort of driving them forward. And yeah, Ray, Ray Gravel. You know, I sort of grew up like like everyone. I think so I grew up with him on the telly. You know, the kind of a big, you yeah. know, a big figure. Obviously, if you're you know Scarlet's fan, you know, from the West, he's even you know he's even bigger figure. But you know, everyone loved him. And you know, again, a bit like uh, Fish stuff. You know, a <laughs> story about meeting him and things like that. And you know, it's a great memory and stuff for people. And yeah, it was you know kind of very sad when he died. But it was only when I when I started researching this book and I, I read some things about him that yeah, I mean, his his father was a coal miner. And he had an accident in the mine and it, it severely damaged his back and he was basically invalided out of the mine and he, he couldn't he couldn't mine and he couldn't um couldn't do sports and garden couldn't hunt basically he couldn't you know couldn't really do anything anymore and he, he'd lost you know he lost everything that was sort of his really and i think he just the, the sort of depression just overtook him and yeah one day 
Ray came back from school and he wasn't there and you went looking for him and you found him up on the mountain and he, he shot him stuff. And Gravel found the found the body and had to go back and tell his mum. Um, so, you know, it's a huge thing. You know, I mean, awful. And it, it obviously had a huge impact on him. And But I think mm. rugby there, grammar school he was in and the rugby coaches, you know, obviously 14 years of age when you're when you're a bloke is a you know quite an important sort of time and I think rugby for him is his coach at I think it's Kamal I think Kamal and Grammar I think I might be getting that wrong it's in the book but Phil you know helped helped him through that time and stuff like that so yeah the more you look at these guys the more you know more deep they are and you know 500 games for Clatley and you know Wales and the Lions and as you said he was still not always that confident before games and if someone said he was looking a bit rough or looking a bit tired he would it would take him a while to sort of get over that and it's an interesting lesson for us all I think when you look at someone who seems to have it all even they've got sort of <laughs> a few doubts but yeah I would have loved to, obviously would have loved to have interviewed him he would have you know that would have been mm. wonderful so my dad um my dad played against where he, tra- he did a couple of training sessions um back in the 60s and the 70s and um like at the time, Gravel was just a player, you know. My dad was a second row, so he got a bit bigger than Gravel. He's like, I'm gonna have him, I'm, I'm gonna have him. And uh, he got to a stage where my dad was set up, ready to tackle. Gravel's coming straight at him, and Gravel went straight through him, handed him off, <laughs> sat him on the floor, and just cut kind of, And dad was left like looking up at the stars, going, like, What, what the hell? Was and, that? Your, and your dad wasn't a small man either, you know, he was a big boy, wasn't he? And um, he certainly was, but he 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 spoke to him in the the club after it, like a joint training session, and he he spoke to him. He said he was, you know, some of the the stuff that he came out with was just you know fantastic stuff, and and he was you know really nice to talk to, and uh, the the best bit, the best story that he gave him was the one time he got in trouble with the referee. Gravel lamps this guy clear as day, just whack, smacks him, and the referee goes, "You, off! You, you punch that man. You, that's just not. You, I didn't punch him, ref. I was simply getting my retaliation in first. Is all I was doing. <laughs> that's, that's how you justify it, you know." There's um there's a really funny story in the book. Um, I don't want to give too much away because I you know it's, people need to go out and get it and read it. But it's a really funny story I liked on the chapter Ray Gravel when he meets Peter O'Toole on a film set, and uh, that really did tickle me. I don't want to go into too much details, but mm-hmm. I did love that. And that's what we like about this book. There's a lot of funny anecdotes and stories in there. You know, it is informative, but it is quite funny as well. And I really enjoyed. It. I finished reading the book last night, and uh, I can't recommend it enough. I mean. There were some players I never heard of before, players in the past, but it was great to learn about these players. I quite like the fact, Luke, as well, you've selected female players as well. You haven't just gone off male, and I yeah. quite like that. You know, the fact you've got Non Evans in there, fantastic athlete, brilliant rugby player for Wales. Heather Moyes was a player. I have to be honest, all my hands up. I didn't know anything about her. Really enjoyed learning about her. I watched some YouTube clips, and boy, she was fast. <laughs> I tell you, she was yeah. one hell of a play for Cad. I, did, I didn't know anything about her, but... Yeah, fantastic. Loved it. Great book. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I was talking to someone about this the other day, actually, and I think this is something that's that reflects a little bit of how sort of without going really deep here, but like how sort of rugby and like maybe society has changed a bit now. Like if I'd written this book five years ago, I probably wouldn't have had two women in there, to be honest. Mm. Because yeah. I think the women's game was was not really on my 
my radar, you know, what was it? The last three minutes of Scrum Five, wasn't it? With that one one camera, and that would be yeah. it. You know, uh, you know, I've watched a fair bit of the Women's World Cup, and my daughter's watched it as well. And it's you know, it's it's a bit different. And, and I think so. Having more women players, like I probably should have had more than two, to be honest, as well. Um, but I also think that to, to touching upon you know, what we said about you know, Ray Gravel there, but the sort of mental health kind of stuff again, without going really deep. Yeah. But you know, yeah. we've got Christoph Dominici in there that you know had terrible mental health issues even at the peak of his playing. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize he didn't sleep for 15 days. Mm. He had to be in a medically induced coma, and this was a month after he'd scored that wonderful try in the '99 World Cup. You know, yeah, and obviously, player, you know, he yeah. committed suicide. Um, you know, Di Bishop and Non Evans have had their had their issues, you know, and I think they're fairly well, you know, well documented. Um, Danny Cipriani, again, someone that you know, as a as a Welsh rugby fan, you know, I think he's a bit of a dick, you know, it's kind of like classic, you know, upper class English guy, you know, talented but sort of mucked around a bit, and you know, he has mucked around quite a bit, but. Again, there's normally sort of reasons for it, and I, I didn't realise that his I just kind of assumed he was quite posh because he went to, you know, Whitgift and things like that. But he was a single parent. His dad walked out on him when he was eight, um, and his mum was a cab driver, and she basically yeah. worked all hours to get him these scholarships and stuff like that. So he did go to these like fancy schools, but it was all you know they weren't paying for it. Um, I love that story yeah. where she's a cabbie and she has to learn the knowledge and I, I didn't know again I didn't yeah. know that and it does make you respect them more doesn't it like you know I've always liked that and he said yeah, he's a player but you do think well he's a typical posh boy but then when you read his background like I love that story where his mum learning the knowledge yeah. being a taxi driver working all their hours to send him to it it's nice isn't it you know it's a lovely story yeah and I mean he, he has you know he has not made the most of his talent I think he'd, he'd no. admit that you know yeah. um, and he's yeah, you know, he's not, he's no, you know, he's not perfect or anything. But it gave me a bit of a, a bit of a better understanding. I do, I do think as well mm. that he was, he was very hard done by by Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones, yeah, he didn't treat him like you know. Have yeah. you seen his like, tweet with the Cipriani's tweet? I think it was Cipriani. But, um, so Eddie Jones being announced as uh, the next coach of the Barbarians, uh, and Cipriani goes, "Oh, well, that's me out then." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, brought, he brought him in for a South Africa tour a couple of years ago, and he actually played really like you know he was he great on that tour, wasn't he? And he, he couldn't have done any more. And then immediately yeah. in the post match interview, Jones was like running him down. And you're like, mm. yeah, yeah. But he's not like the same sort of misfortune as like Gavin Henson. He, you know, he was the the golden mm. boy, you know. And then yeah. with all that the, the the press that came with it and. and you know the nights out and everything else up in London with um, who was the model Kelly Brook? He was with her, wasn't he? Yeah. You know um, all the showbiz and glitz, but yeah. uh, it, it doesn't help. Yeah, funny Look, looking at some of the, the kind of the women. I think he, I think he went out. He said he didn't, but he was. There was the story was he went out with one of the cheeky girls. <laughs> Remember <laughs> them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> got, he's got their poster. Him, the him and that Midwayian. Um, <laughs> Midwayan politician, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, Lembit. That's right. Yeah. Used to know ask about um, Gavin Enson actually, no? because of course you did run that Twitter account, didn't you? Not Gavin Enson. <laughs> it's it's not going anymore. I understand. I think it's trending this now. No, that was that was Luke and his media. Yeah. yeah, not Gavin Enson. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's right. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny way how I got into writing these books. It's it's basically from running a, a Gavin Enson parody account. Um, because yeah, me and my mate ran it for 
Oh, God. Far too long to admit, about 10 years, I think. <laughs> it was brilliant. Loved it. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was good. I mean, we only thought we'd do it for a bit, and then, I don't know, it just sort of, it just sort of took off a bit. And obviously, he was providing a lot of... A lot of nonsense. A lot of content. <laughs> a lot of ammunition. <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of ammo. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, we we packed it in actually just a couple of months ago because, I mean, he's he just runs a pub now in the Vale of Morgan yeah. with his two little kids. And I, I, yeah, I mean, he hasn't officially retired. I'll give him that, but he is 40, so he probably is... Uh, probably didn't is he play a bit of rugby league last year? Yeah, he did rugby league, didn't he? He, was, he did a bit of that. He played yeah. about 10 minutes. <laughs> he, got, he got signed for uh, the West Wales Raiders, that rugby league team that play out of... They play out of Stevenage Park. Yeah, Stevenage Park. Yeah. 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 And they signed him, and they, they had drawn someone like Castleford in the Rugby League Cup. I'm so ignorant of rugby league, whatever it's called, the rugby league yeah. super cup, yeah. whatever it's called, you know, you know yeah. what I mean, the cup. And he was signed and then he was in the team and there was a lot of attention and it was on BBC. And I think he, he kind of played about 10 minutes, showed some nice touches and went off injured and never played for them again. So, not when he's 37, you know. Um, no, no, no. That's fair so, so, Luke, just before we, we wrap up, mate, because time flies, <laughs> unfortunately. But So just before we wrap up, is there going to be a volume two of the, of the Mavericks? And if there was, who would you want to, who would you want to put in there? I'm going I'm to nominate Mark Perigo as, as my favourite Maverick, but who, who would you put in there? Well, Mark Perigo is Non Evans' ex-husband. Yeah, he's in the book. He is in the book. He's in the book. Yeah. Oh, you've just ruined it for Christmas now. What am I going to do with <laughs> Christmas, man? <laughs> um, you better buy yeah, a copy of this book, Lee. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Get off your ass and buy a copy of this book now. The wife has got it, man. I'm telling you. Uh, uh, yeah. Luke, 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 Jamie did text me and he would. He asked me to say if, if he sent the book to you, would you sign it for him? <laughs> <laughs> just to confirm, I never said that. But if you want to sign it, Luke, I look like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can sign the book. I, I quite privileged. like that if you want to. Um, I'd, be, I'd be privileged, Jamie. I'd, I'd pay the postage. Didn't <laughs> Oh, that's Happy so days. sweet, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. I yeah. will. I will be going out this week to buy the book. Yeah, yeah, top man. Thank, thank you. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I made. I've sort of made a long list before. I, before I did this, and uh, I mean, yeah, Perigo was was on there. Um, I mean, Mark Ring was a lively character as well as as you boys know. Really <laughs> we know about him. Yeah. Oh dear. He good um, man. And then yeah, I mean there's there's loads of like kind of nutty South Africans and stuff like that as well that you know brawl brawlers <laughs> and stuff like that. Um like sort of Carlos Carlos Spencer. Corbus Visa. Do you remember him? Hmm? Carlos Spencer, my all time favourite player. All Carlos time. Spencer. Yeah. Mercurial that would be called, wouldn't it? Instead of uh... Uh, yeah. <laughs> What a what yeah. a what a player! Gift, absolutely gifted. Win and lose in the same minute as well. Dragon yeah. Covington, Sam Buck, he's in the book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 Shame he's a bit yeah. of an anti-vaxxer now. That's the only thing. Is a bit. I, used to, uh, I, I don't know if you saw I his social media my games a bit. Who is? Based my yeah. game on Zinzan Brook. <laughs> Zinzan Brook, he's a bit of an anti.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just come back from England, and it's 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 still like full on over there. There's more COVID over there than there's been before, but they're yeah. still like uh, quite hot. And there's been a now a reaction, like a pushback, where before it was quite um, the community mm. were like, yes, we'll test, yes, we'll stay in, and stuff like that. And that's how they eradicated. But there's a bit of been a bit of a pushback. Yeah. Uh, he was a Exactly. I'd, I'd almost, I basically almost finished the, the Zinzan Brook chapter. I'd actually tried to, to get him to speak to me, but he, he, he didn't go for it. He runs a recruitment agency now in West London for builders, construction industry. Um, and then I just, I just, I kind of looked up, looked up something, and I saw he's got a Twitter. And I looked on his Twitter, <laughs> and it was just full of kind of COVID denier no. stuff. I, t- I tell you, yeah, it's, a nice it's a shame. Is, um, is, is Glenn Webb. Because he was another favourite player growing up yeah, watching Glenn Webb play. I played against yeah. him for a charity match. Did you? Yeah, yeah. He ran rings around me and he was in his 40s then. I was in my 20s. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I keep yeah. up with him. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's lots, lots of people I could have got in there. I think a few of them are sort of, you know, again, it's a bit like, oh, they're, they're kind of really exciting players, you know, they're really lively players, but is there sort of 4,000 words on them as a, <laughs> as a bloke? You know? And I think I, I was saying this the other day to someone who did the, a book, the book launch down in, down in Mumbles and a guy was, came up to me and said, oh, have you got Shane Williams in there? And I was like, no. <laughs> he's like, oh, why not? I was like, well, you know, he's a great player. We all love him. A great score of tries, but there's nothing really to say. Very straight-laced. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah, Maverick though, Shane. He's too nice. He's not. Polishes his halo, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I did think. Well, I thought Gavin Enzo was going to be in there. No, no. I am surprised. Seeing as you run that account, I did expect <laughs> Gavin to be there. Was there any reason why you didn't include Gavin Enzo in the book? I'm sure you've been asked this question so many times. I do apologise because <laughs> he good said no. <laughs> good question. Um, there was a time when. Uh, <laughs> delicately where Gavin Henson wasn't very happy with the account and okay. uh, got a rather formal letter um, from somebody on his behalf. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, the first book I did was called uh, Absolutely Huge which is a, a parody um, sports biography of a, a Welsh rugby player and it's set in like a, a silly world it's not quite set in Wales well, it is set in Wales but it's like a made-up world but they were a little bit concerned that um, the Gethin Hughes, uh, or GH, the main character of the book, was based know, on Gavin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gethin Hughes um, goes out with a pop star and has some scrapes with Ralph <laughs> and doesn't really expect on the um, So I got a, I, I, yeah, I was, I was in some contact before that from the from team Henson who were concerned um, about the book, but they saw the book and saw that actually it was just nonsense. Uh, so mm. they, you know, it didn't go any further. Uh, and I've had I've had exchanges with 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 Gavin on, on Twitter that have always been very positive. Um, but the publisher <laughs> did say to me, maybe leave him out. Um, so <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> I think, yeah. I, think a, I mean, there's a great book to be written about Gavin Hansen. I would mm. say I don't, I don't think four thousand words would do him justice. Carwin, the lesson to be learned there, right, is when you're pissing someone off, stop. 
Yeah. <laughs> don't go, so don't what, go tweeting them now? and inviting them on the fucking show. Yeah. This is growth, Darwin. This is growth. Luke, it's been a, a, an absolute pleasure interviewing yes, you this evening, mate. Yeah. And, uh, Cheers, Luke. Uh, my wife has definitely got the book in the stock. It's sorry, Santa. My letter to Santa is written. I've got the book on its way. I'm sure I've been a good boy this year, apparently. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, thank. I mean, thank you very much for, for letting me on. Um, let's do a little a little competition or something for for the listeners. Um, we can talk about this off air, but let's. Uh, I'll DM you, but let's do something and we can uh, can sort it out. And if if any of you boys haven't got a copy, um. Just ping me, and I can, I can help make that happen. Oh, he's already my favourite uh, guest, boys. He's right. Yeah, he's absolutely. Right. There are. He's a good Thank you, Luke. <laughs> right, top man. Well, thank you very much, boys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, join you again. Talk about some other other stuff. But, That'll um, be great. Absolutely, yeah, be awesome, man. Good to meet Wish you. Wish all the best. Cheers yeah. for that, Luke. All the best, man. Cheers, right. Luke. Metallic salad. Right in there with that. Yeah, metallic salad, boys. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, Luke. Bye. Well, what a lovely man. Lovely guy. Would you be good tonight? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. That was from there. Really right, good. gents, we've got 10 minutes before we need to jump on to the other one and do David Buttress in a very <laughs> different way. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll edit the end of that one. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll do another bit later in the week where we just talk about the rugby stuff. Okay. Yeah? And we'll ping it on to the end of that one. And we'll just go, right, here's last Saturday's uh, games, this week's previews. Okay. And we do it like I'd, that. I'd like to get David Butcher's uh, predictions for this weekend's uh, games. Well, yeah, yeah, the important questions. Fucking no, hell, I want to yeah. ask you about government. I'm sold out. Stuff you want about predictions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the key thing is with Buttress is to uh, you know start kind of slow and easy. You know, yeah. general stuff. What do we think? You know, what does he think about Welsh rugby at the minute? What are the key issues facing? You know, him as the chairman of the Dragons, and then we'll get stuck into stuff like governance and the future. And I want to ask about private ownership. So, team, can you team me up on that question? Because I don't want to keep intercutting people. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather you oh, say, so "Oh, Jamie, do you want it?" Do you know what I mean? I don't want to. Yeah, because in, in fairness, the other week you wanted to ask a question and he didn't bother with that. I know. <laughs> he let you down. Email. Right, so let's... Um... Got laying into the doom bar, aren't you, Jay? <laughs> right. Smashing it, Yeah. Hang on, hang on. This is the big one, though. Wait there, because my official drink of the week... Uh, I looked yeah. at that one the other day. Yeah, I was going um, to my it's on my list. Pale ale, proudly craft. So, big thank you to to Luke for his time there. What do you think of that guy? He's a he's a top bloke, isn't he? Yeah, lovely fashion. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 lovely guy. And we'll uh, we'll definitely be in touch and uh, get uh, some kind of competition for Twitter or Facebook or something like that, and uh, bang one of those out. And I will let you know if I've been a good boy and if Santa delivers my present because. You know, yeah. can never tell. I've got a sign downstairs that says, "Dear Santa, I've been naughty. Fuck it, save the petrol." So that's you know, <laughs> that gets hidden when the mother-in-law comes out. So of course, yeah. <laughs> so 
Let's let's talk rugby. Let's talk about last weekend. Who wants to kick off with their side for for last weekend? Do we want to do we want to do it in in the order we played? Yeah, go for it, James. James, you're first up, mate. Yeah. So on the one hand, I'm a little bit disappointed because I think that's a game we should have won. Um, but I gotta say, I mean, it's been a difficult tour. Um, and we have been overpowered on many occasions, which you'd expect in South Africa. But I've got to say, I'm really pleased. I'm quite proud, actually, with our performances. We have been competitive. That's the one thing Dragons have been. Every game they've played. Yeah, we had that first half against the Stormers. They completely blew us away. Then we fought back really well and picked up a couple of bonus points. But I'm, I'm really pleased. I think we are building something now. We seem to be on the right track. And... Yeah, you know, that line's going to say it's a game we should have won. People are talking about, you know, not, us not taking the three points when and off of that penalty with the yellow card. Maybe we should have done. But, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, Sam Davis, he had a drop goal in the first minute, he missed that. Then he had a drop goal in the last minute, he missed that. So if he kicks them, that's six points. You know, Seal Tompkinson had grounded the ball in the corner. That would have been another try, would have put the game away. You know, it's a game we could easily have lost as well, you know. But, um, yeah, I was really happy. Um, you know, if he's told me beforehand we were going to get three points from that game, I'd yeah. bit your hand off because we're in a pretty good position now. You know, three points, we're in our next game against Poe. You know, we're in a pretty good position to get out to the pool. Let's not forget this pool, the Dragons are in pool B. It's eight teams, not 10, like in pool A. So the top six are going to go through. It's only two teams that's not. So Dragons are in a pretty good position, actually. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I think it's been a really encouraging tour, you know. And we've developed youngsters as well, you know. We brought on Shea Hope, nineteen-year-old. We brought yeah. on a young hooker, Brody Coughlin. Yeah, okay, you know, a couple of lineups went astray, but it's all part of the learning process, you know. And, um, and didn't Will Reed come back on as well? Let's see, Will Reed. Will on. Reed. Yeah, yeah, he came on as a replacement. Um, you yeah. know, he's been pretty prominent on this tour, so I think Moriarty has had a storm. I think he's sent a, a strong message to the Wales management. You know, I think he was terrific in South Africa. Um, likes him as well, doesn't he? He's a go-to player. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can expect to see him and possibly Alan Wainwright back in the Wales setup, but definitely Ross Moriarty because one of the complaints of Pivax Wales is we just didn't have any ball carriers. You know, when you don't have the likes of Reese Carey and Ross Moriarty, who, you know, there's no one else really. Wales are lacking ball carriers, aren't they? And I think Moriarty was very sorely missed during the autumn. You know, I'm not saying results you know might not have been any better, but I think we did miss that aggressive ball carry. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. in the autumn, you know, it, it, we just lacked it. And I think Moriarty has, has been fantastic. I really do. But um, yeah, overall, overall, I'm I'm quite happy. Yeah, you know, it's um a lot to be positive about. And like I said, we win this week now. We've been in a very good position because they always say, don't they? Like in the Europe, well, it's not really Europe now. It's South Africans, but you know, what I mean, you win your home games. Yeah, and you points. pick up your bonus points on the road, and we've picked up three. Mm. You know, we've picked up three points on the road in South Africa against a very good Lions team. They are a good team. And it was a terrific game to watch. But yet again, what a shame. A brilliant game in front of a near empty stadium. I mean, that crowd mm. again was absolutely pathetic. There was only 1,500 apparently 1,500 in that stadium. Yeah, there was, yeah, that was the official attendance, um, 1,500. And it's a shame, really, because that game of rugby deserved a hell of a lot more. It was a terrific game. It was very entertaining. You know, for the neutral, it might have been great. I mean, I did find it a little bit frustrated at times, you know, without <laughs> defence and, and everything else. But, um, 
No, I thought it was a terrific game. And yeah. um, I am looking yeah, forward we, to the uh, the power game. To to to. I, unfortunately, I'm working, so I'll have it on record. But I'm looking forward to seeing seeing that game. So I think uh, the Dragons are going to put themselves in a great position to go forward for that. Well, yeah. the thing for me is thirty-one all. You know, when you just look at at the score, thirty-one all. That's you know, usually when you you have a, a drawn game, it's like twelve or fifteen. Do you know what I mean? It's it's penalties and it's quite. It was a it was a cracking game. It was an open game. And it was it was. It's a hard place to play because it's at um, altitude and and stuff like that. Yeah, but but, there was proper rugby being played. Yeah, it it wasn't. You know, to score thirty-one points against any team, you'd usually expect to come away with a win. You know, um. So, yeah, I I was quite impressed with with some of the. I think the the way the dragons responded every time the lions came back, the the dragons had something to respond with. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. in the past, I think Welsh sides in general, but the the dragons in particular have crumbled. And yeah, I think yeah. having that that edge now with people like Moriarty and I think you know Bradley Robertson and people like that have added a little bit of a and Will Rowlands before he goes, but mentally they've added that little bit of an edge that says right if they if they stick a penalty over we go score a try if they score a try we stick a converted try do you know what I mean it's that kind of mm. let's go back at the mentality and I think that's what's changed and and the other thing is you guys have been out there for three weeks haven't you yeah uh, that's right yeah. yeah and I think that's really benefited you because you know you're away from everything in Wales one is sunny <laughs> It's yeah. you know, and, and I know it, that sounds stupid, but being able to get up every morning and just go out and have a walk in the sun and just in, enjoy training, mm-hmm. you know, it's not four degrees below and you've got to hide away from hailstorms and all this kind of stuff. You're actually enjoying the training, and you've got a solid three weeks just yeah. being together there in a the team on the field, off the field. I think it really benefits teams to go and and do that, which. You know, in the olden days, that was always the end of season tour. You'd you'd go, you'd do an end of season tour, and you'd do your bonding and things like that. And it would, it actually built the side better. And it doesn't happen yeah. now. So I, I, I was think... about to say that I think as you made a really good point. It's been a really good bonding exercise. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Dragons they've done a video diary and they've put it on their YouTube. It's really great insight. The boys look really tight. They play for each other. It 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 looks a happy camp. You know, and let's be honest, we've we've all heard the rumours about, you know, a certain Mr. Dean Ryan, and it wasn't a happy camp. I know that for a fact, so it it looks a lot happier. But going back to the game, talking about decisions earlier, there was one decision that did piss me off. The Lions trying the first half, the replacement prop number 18, he did not ground that ball. That was not a try. The TMO looked at it for ages. He knocked it on. It was that blatant, right? Even the South African commentators, who, let's be honest, are quite <laughs> biased. Yeah, really and I to they? say that they, they, they are, gone. but I mean, even, even though they are quite partisan, even they said on the replay, and I quote, he's lost it. And he did lose the ball. And the bloody TMO gave it us a try. No, I'm sorry, that was bollocks. That was a bullshit decision. Oh, you sounded like a scarlet. I, I absolutely, I was listening to them and I love the commentary. I love listening to them just talking pure rugby. No no politics about it, whatever. They're just like, the love of the game, 
and it might be a bit partisan, but hey, look, a bit. Bit. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice? Did you notice though? Because um, Ben Carter pulled out, and um, Matthew Screech um, was originally meant to start the blind side. We had to go into lock, and Sean Lonsdale went on the blind side. But the commentators didn't get a memo, and they constantly mm. kept calling. Sean Lonsdale or Matthew Screech all game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But it was funny same... at first, but then it did get quite annoying yeah. after a while. We had the same the week before because um, Lousy and Fafita were a, a numbered at four and five, but they'd swapped round or whatever. So one was wearing a four, whichever would have been a number four listed at number four was wearing number five. So they'd be going like, um, like oh, cracking run from Lousy. And you're looking at like, what what the and after about five minutes you kind of work out what's going on and you're like all right yeah I get it I get it and then you're sixty minutes into the game and you're going you know oh Lousy's just had his nose broken and you go no no he hasn't had his nose broken that was for feet there and you're really pissing me off now mate because this is it's basic basic stuff like you know so yeah they're renowned for it they don't well they don't watch the game do they they don't watch the game they're not going to know who the players are in Wales. Let's be honest, but it's that's not what they're there for, is it? You know. But look, well done to the Dragons. Great effort. Yeah, Three points. Absolutely. Home to Pow next, and onwards and upwards. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk about Pow later because they they've got an interesting little backstory. So, please, <laughs> uh, um, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? With the coach, yes, yeah, yeah, I have, yes. Uh, we're looking forward to that one. So. Reese, were you high as a kite when Cardiff were playing? Or were you... I was in A and E when Cardiff were playing. So uh... <laughs> how did you get there? Did you get, did you get an ambulance? Say again. Did you get an ambulance, or did you make to give you a lift? Uh, I was. <laughs> well, it happened. So I was carried out by six other kickboxers and sat on a couch. And then um, we thought about waiting for my um, mother to come and pick me up. But um, a fellow kickboxer said to me, "Oh, I'll, I'll drive you." And as he pulled up to the side of the door, it was a fiesta. Um, so I had to keep my legs straight, and they sort of folded me into the back of this fiesta, uh, into the boot of the seats down. And then I had the most painful drive from Brainstown to um, to his hospital, and then spent like a good, what, uh, two o'clock in the afternoon till half past nine the next morning. Uh, in a very, very busy car, <laughs> as you can imagine. Like, apparently, yeah, yeah. there were 60 people there in the waiting room and MPNC and six doctors. Uh, so, fair play to the staff for seeing me and, like, thank you. I, I got treated very well. But, um, yeah, so I've seen the highlights and I've heard about the game and things like that. So, I'm, I'm not going to bring my... Well, I'm going to bring my usual one I this for Cardiff, obviously. But, um, but yes, yeah, so, and I've been speaking to my friends um, that went to the game. I was due to meet them there. Um, uh, so a bit disappointed, but even though it was a forty-one nil, a lot of my friends said it was quite a, a like a dull game to watch, like because because Cardiff were brilliant, yet they were enough to to um they 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 were able to put this a poor side away, which is like you know, and I've seen many Cardiff sides that haven't been able to do that and usually sort of go down to the level of the 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 side they're playing. So it was that that was ingratiating to see that. It was nice to see some players like uh, Grady come on and have a uh, Mason Grady come on and have a go on the wing, um, and looked quite strong in some of his runs and things like that. Now we're losing Max Sowellin, 
he's our next best hope at centre. But I like the the fact that they're bringing him on the wing to give him a bit of experience there, as opposed to putting him against experienced midfields and having him turned inside out. Um, I thought the the pack Teddy Williams is coming on great for Cardiff. Um, he's he's developing fantastically. Uh, Owen Williams is boy there. Um, and every game he gets better and better. He's scoring tries. He's a bit of a ball carrier. He can jump. Uh, he hits every rock and ball. Um, during the game, his work rate is is absolutely um, incredible. Um, and I'm liking uh, the the Caro DCR hip front row, which seems to be just um, taking all comers at the well, apart from the Bulls. <laughs> um, but uh, at the moment, yeah, we won't mention the Bulls. We're back to nilling people. Um, uh, but um, yeah, so, yeah, so with um, yeah, and come back over there at the end, like isn't it with it with his pace? So I was glad his injury wasn't uh, too bad after the. Uh, am I allowed to say sharks, uh, Jamie? Is, um, no, no, no. I'm better after after the couple of games back. So when you're when you're sitting in A and E and you're having your little triage and all of that kind of thing, yeah. And, and the doctor goes, "So how are you feeling?" And you, I can imagine you sitting there going, "Well, I'm quite good actually, because I watched Cardiff and the Sharks last week." Now, did you see? <laughs> 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 so yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I spoke to a few people about rugby in there. Um, but uh, nobody wanted to talk to me about the Sharks, but uh, much like yeah. But yeah, so yeah, a great result for Cardiff. Um, and we could only play what's in front of us. That was a really poor brief side, a really disappointed, really. I mean, oh, in the brief side yeah. of the, yeah. um, of the like, uh, late remember the, the, the flanker that came to Cardiff, Gregory Katsala, uh, like who basically won the European Cup on his, on his own for brief. Like a giant of a man, and like the, the size they had back in the day, and then to witness, you know, we just hammered them, just hammered them, and we didn't do too much to do it. <laughs> didn't Pont Aprive go to Breve in in the early yeah. days? Yeah, and the Battle of Breve. Yeah, that's what it was. I went to the return game. I went to um, Sardis Road to watch Breve play Ponty. Um, that was tasty as well. That was absolutely. I took a weekend leave uh, from the army in Colchester, and I came down and I watched them play. Yeah, that was, was fantastic. That was, that was a good blue side, isn't it? The one it wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But that's what happens when you don't invest in the future, isn't it? You you kind of you're just constantly relying on, you know, what has gone instead of what's coming, <laughs> and I think that's for me the impressive bit about Cardiff was the young players that they did bring on. And I think it's taken them a while to get to a bit where they look comfortable. Like Kabango yeah. was always, he's always had pace, but you just kind of felt, I don't know, was that all he had? And now he's starting to kind of get involved and he's Develop, starting to... Develop, isn't he? They're, they're, trying yeah. to, like, they're trying to instill a bit more game management uh, with, with the young players coming through, isn't it? There's some raw talent coming through and it's, it's, uh, with all the... All the regions, isn't it? It's doubtless, isn't it? But it's a, it's about that game management as well, isn't it? And and uh, playing yeah. that, sort of, that that mixture of heads up front and when to run, when to kick, when to you know uh, pass. So. But uh, we should give a shout out to Lloyd Williams because yes, it was his two hundred fiftieth game for the club. Mm-hmm. Very impressive achievement, and I think whether you're a Cardiff fan or not, 
you'll always have a place in every Welshman's heart for the yeah, 2015 World Cup. Yeah, Gareth Davis, um, one of the greatest moments of my life. I'm not going to lie, yeah. it's terrific. Yeah. And, well, um, Brilliant player, so brilliant player. My, my son yeah. is really named after Lloyd Williams um, until my daughter told my English brother-in-law what the, the name of our baby boy was going to be. So I couldn't have it anymore. That was it. <laughs> it couldn't be Lloyd. And I told him that story. I, I met him a, a few years back. And uh, yeah, so and he was walking with um, he was walking with Ellis Jenkins through Cardiff. And so Charlie, my boy's middle name is, is Ellis. My wife says it's after this great Welshman, and I'm saying, well, no, it's after Ellis Jenkins. But yeah. I, I tell we'll, we'll you, what, fella, you, you <laughs> must have a hell of a strong back because to keep picking up all these names that you keep dropping, yeah, you, you must have a well, hell of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we live in the capital city and we, we bump into people, you know. Yeah. He just has to stay outside that co-op for a yeah, long just... time. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of winter wear. Funny the enough, I tell you who was out there the other day. He plays for Cardiff. Um, hello, hello. He was yeah, there. he was Willis. Yeah, I was talking about Willis just the other day. Yeah, Somebody was saying, like, uh, everybody says he's lovely. Every... And, and that's my experience of him as well. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, about the Scarlet's about Williams as well. He's, oh, um, he's closing yeah. in on... <laughs> he's off again. He's well, we brought him up. <laughs> but um, Tau Felice uh, has got 255 uh, games for Cardiff. So he's closing in on um, on him now. Oh, yeah. Uh, the all-time so, uh, is he the all-time Cap Cardiff player, is he? Yeah, Tau Felice, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, great, great guy. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Are you are you finished now, Rick? I he wants to talk about the Scarlets now. Come are on, you man. are you I happy really... for me to stop talking about Cardiff now? In the Sharks, yeah. Let's give, let's give me his two minutes. Look, come on. Yeah, because it's, 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 <laughs> it's not going to take me long. Because of fucking games to me, and I'm oh, I was so pissed off. I ended up listening to it on BBC Radio, and the guy on BBC Radio. Um, we had, well, yeah, because he did. He couldn't pronounce half the 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 players' names. Dane Blacker was Dwayne for most of the game. <laughs> um, we had three different captains, <laughs> according to him. Um, so when um, oh, who's it? Oh, Blade Thompson got yellow carded. So that's the the Scarlets captain. Blade Thompson has just been carded, and I'm like. Really? When? <laughs> and then the very next play was an excellent pass from Jonathan Davis. Well, I'm fairly sure if Jonathan Davis was on the pitch, he was capped. And he went through, I think, any player that just did something wrong, he just went, that's a scarlet's captain there. <laughs> so, yeah, it really pissed me off that I've only been able to watch 10 minutes of highlights. And of those 10 minutes, is three minutes of fucking interviews. So... Uh, you know, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, um, Callum Afoni at second row worked really well. Um, I, our front row actually, st- Will Griff John actually started being a prop. Um, yeah, yeah, the good game did he? Yeah, I'm yeah. quite shocked at that. He yeah, actually had a good game. He, he started living up to the hype from five years ago, whenever the fuck we signed him. But mm. yeah, it was. It's one of those things that. It just all. I, I genuinely think, from looking at it, that um, so Kemsley Matthias, um, who's another Pembrokeshire boycott, so yeah. he was the other prop, and he played, and he just kind of balanced 
everything that Will Griff John was doing. And I think up till now, that front row, it's just looked out of kilter. You know, when you can tell, particularly when they go into a scrum, where it's not a balanced front row. You've got one strong and one weak or whatever, and it just didn't look right. And in the, the, the scrum looked balanced. It looked better. When when they said Callum Afoni at second row and Blade Thompson at number eight, everybody was a little bit, uh, you know, because we've relied so much on Callum Afoni. Um mm. And he's not, I think he's 6'3", so he's not like a massive 6'6", 6'8", whatever, to put into a second row. Um, so that kind of that kind of worked, you know. Um, Costello is, is just really starting to turn it on now. Didn't get a yellow card, which, you know, hey. top notch, well done. Um, so, yeah, and Yoan Nicholas at outside centre. And outside centre is, well... Both centres are the, the the place where we kind of worry most because we re- we rely on Jonathan Davis and Scott Williams to create things so much, and now we're kind of we're starting to feel a little bit better about it. So yeah, I was chuffed. I was just pissed off that I couldn't actually watch the the one time we fucking play well. <laughs> I can't watch the bastard game. So there we go. So Carwin. Ospreys, yeah. cheer up, son. Bitterly disappointing. <laughs> Bitterly disappointing. Um, you know, like, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we had all the internationals back, over 650 caps, playing a second-string Leicester team, and they wanted it more. They wanted it a lot more. There was more fight than them. Um, it, I, I was just... Beyond words, to be honest. You know, we all had experience, but they just didn't play like a team. They didn't play like with any aggression. They didn't play like they wanted it. Um, and you know, there's some great players there, absolute great players. But it, but it's been it's been the case for a while now with the Ospreys. Um, I think Toby Booth is a great coach, and I've seen people putting stuff on Twitter again. Need to get rid of him. I'm like, no, no, the, the guy's a great coach. Let him put it, his plans are starting to come together. But the team needs to be playing. They have to play it as a team, not individuals. You know. Um, and we've got so, some great youngsters coming through. Uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, we've got Kieran Williams there, like, like I mentioned, you need to build a back line around this boy. He's a tank, an absolute tank. And again, you know, with, with um, Morgan Morris there, you know, we've, we've got the players, we've got some young, young, great players coming through. Um, but the game, it just there was no cohesion at all, and 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 there was that always. I and mean, we see it in the Wales team as well, you know, when when it's that back pass, back pass, back pass, you, you can read it a mile off. You know, you're not, they're not getting anywhere, they're not creating the gaps, there's no heads at rugby, there's no playing off the cuff, you know. Um, there's, oh, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just furious about that match, you know. Um, it's, it's a game we should have won and we should have put a one by four tries, you know, without a shadow of doubt in my mind. That was on paper a great Ospreys team, and it's done a disservice, I think, to the boys, you know, the, the young guys who have represented the region over the last few weeks while the internationals have been away because they they have wanted it more. You know, they might not have got the results they wanted, but they've they've, they've shown that passion mm. to try and win those games. Whereas I just didn't see I didn't see any leadership on the field. Um. So yeah, say I'm disappointed is a is an understatement. But you know, we move forward. We we're away to Montpellier, um, but but 
I don't, I don't know what we're going to get on there. Uh, we're either going to get minced up or we might come away with a with a completely fluky win. Who knows? That's rugby, isn't it? So yes. before we before we look ahead then to to this weekend, I'm just going to chuck something in because we we've all talked about. Um, future players and, and all that kind of stuff. So tonight, while we've been recording, the um, Under-18s Championship has kicked off. So uh, Osprey's oh, 26, Osprey's. Dragons <laughs> Osprey's 26, Dragons 5. Uh, so Dragons are last year's champions. Um, so that's a good win for the, uh, for the Ospreys there. And um, Sunday... Must have been Sunday. Cardiff beat RGC seventeen seven. Playing away in RGC because it's so long. I think that's why they play it on a Sunday. But to go to RGC and Sunday was not pleasant weather at all, was it? So uh, to win seventeen seven. When was the eleventh? What's the date? Uh, the, 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 yeah, yeah, so eleventh for Sunday. Yeah. So to win up there in the weather that was. That it was like seventeen seven, and then obviously five teams for Scarlets uh, not playing uh, this week, so they'll be back next week. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that it's worth kind of just keeping track of because it is worth it is worth watching. Um, usually they do it on Rugby Pub, so I'm hoping there'll be a Rugby Pub mm. on it tomorrow. So something to add into the pod for future weeks, gents. So back to uh, back to the day job. So this weekend we are in action again. So let's start with Ospreys then. Let's let's start with the big boys. Ospreys away in Montpellier. So I don't know. Let me write this down because who are you asking first? Well, I'm going to ask you first, Cart. Because uh, uh, hang on, yeah, go on. You do it, and I'll write it down so that I can actually remember who's okay. got what ready for. For um, for your fine next week. Okay, go on. All right. So, look. Of course, I want us to win. Of course, we are going to be down in the sunny south of France. Beautiful area. I've been down there and um, to Montpellier. And oh God, I think if we don't if we don't get a grip of ourselves, we're going to get absolutely smashed. Um, I don't want that to happen. I think. Oh, 25-21 Montpellier. So, see, we go and establish a system last week of so-and-so to win by five points or lose by five points, <laughs> and then you start by predicting a bloody score. So, Montpellier by four points. Yes. Right, there we go. So four Montpellier plus. By four. <laughs> oh, Gordon Bennett. Right, Jamie, what's, what's your thoughts on Osprey's Montpellier? I don't think it's going to be as close as what Karen was saying. I watched London Irish Montpellier on Friday night and they're taking this competition seriously. They look pretty decent, to be fair. Um, and the way Ospreys are playing right now, I, I can't see them getting close. So I'm going to have to go Montpellier by at least 18 points. Sorry. Don't apologise. Don't, Don't apologise. Yeah. No, I want Ospreys to do well. Of course I do. I want all the Ospreys <laughs> to do well, but I just but can't that, see Ospreys getting anything in it. team click. To beat them, oh, yeah, they got the experience and talent, didn't they? It's just that yeah. something's not right at the Ospreys, they've won one game all season, and something's not right. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I just I can't see Ospreys getting anything from this game, I'm afraid. 
Reese, what's your thoughts? Um, they're um, was it fifth or sixth in the top thirteen? I mean, Montpellier. So I'm gonna go for um, yeah, Montpellier by fifteen. By fifteen, right? Da, da, da. And I'm going to be quite generous to the Ospreys. I think there's going to be a bit of a backlash. There's going to be a bit of a uh, a reaction. So I, I'm only going to go Montpellier by 10 because, you know. That's some reaction, I, that, That's some reaction. Really <laughs> turned my own chest out. I said, I'm going to be, it's like, what, what's Lee going to say? <laughs> no, no, no. I, mean, I don't. Anticipation. What I mean is I don't think you'll get a kick in. Uh, you'll lose, but I don't think you'll get a kick in. But I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope I'm really, really wrong. And uh, but <laughs> there we go. Uh, right. So, what's next? Cardiff, then? Newcastle. Cardiff, Newcastle. Ooh, see this. I, this Wait, is a I... tough game to call. Really is. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, Connor did a job on him. Um, uh, Newcastle haven't been winning many games uh, in the Gallagher, I don't believe, but they have got some notable uh, wins and away. Like they beat Leicester uh, at Leicester's ground. Um, they beat Exeter Chiefs. Uh, I think they beat Gloucester away. Um, so they 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 got it in to be uh, to do well, isn't it? But I think we're riding high. I think we're playing well, and I'm going to take Cardiff this time. And I'm going to take Cardiff by five. Cardiff Ooh. by five. Ooh. Carwin, what's your thoughts? Straight up Cardiff by six. There we go. <laughs> See, that's, that's straight in there. There's no mess in there. Although, no although you are right, Newcastle, they've, they've got the games in them. Um, there's been some good things coming out of Newcastle. Um, so, like, we'll wait and see, but I think Cardiff it's by six. down season they've had, isn't it? Yeah, like the Ospreys. Yeah. <laughs> Ospreys have had a down and down season. <laughs> or any of us sat here. <laughs> Jamie, what's your, uh, what's your prediction? Yeah, it's a tough trip. But isn't it going up to Newcastle? Um, they're a good team, Newcastle. I quite yeah. like Newcastle. They don't have any like major superstars in their team, but they're gritty and they're hardworking, and they will give Cardiff a good game, I think. Um, but look, Cardiff on the roll, and they're playing very well. Confidence is high. Uh, this is a winnable game for them. Um, so I, yeah, I'm probably going to go. You said five, didn't you, Reese? Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go for the same. I'm going to go for Cardiff by five. Yeah, Cardiff by five. So uh, I'm torn on this because it, it's another plastic pitch. So mm. Newcastle have usually got that kind of benefit. <clears throat> Not many people play on it and, and what have you. More of them do now. But Cardiff will, Cardiff will feel comfortable on the pitch. Mm. I'm going to go with Cardiff by one. I think I just... I. I think it'll be a really tight game. Might be another draw, but I think Cardiff by one point. And um, yeah, we'll go with that. Cardiff by one. So Dragons are away in Poe. So before oh, they're we get home. home, sorry, yeah, um, yeah. So for for those who haven't seen the footage, um, it was Poe against Cheetahs, wasn't it? It was, oh, yeah, yeah. So, what did you make of it, Joe? Tell, tell us what you saw and tell us what you made of it. Well, it looked like he yanked his arm, didn't he? I mean, something was said. He wasn't happy with the referee. I mean, I didn't see this game, to be honest. Oh, um, I, I know that, that Pau did lose at home to Cheetahs, which I was surprised about. But then I don't know how many changes they made. So, um, yeah, he, he, he says something to the referee, Sam Grove, right? And then he sort of 
yanks his arm a little bit, doesn't he? And um, it's it's not good. It's not good at all. Um, I think he's going to get quite a lengthy ban, if I'm honest. You can't touch referees like that. You you can't, you know. Mm. Um, and he has been cited now by EPCR. Um, I quote: "He's alleged to have physically abused the referee mm. um, following the conclusion of the match in con." Contradiction of law nine two point eight or whatever it is. So uh, yeah, he's in a lot of trouble. Um, hopefully, he'll be banned before the Dragons game. I quite like that. <laughs> if they came down, you've had a head coach. The timing is superb, isn't it? Great timing. But mm. um, yeah, it was. It, it, what did you make of it? I, I don't think it was particularly uh, well, particularly nice, was it? What happened, yeah. you know? Having uh, been, but having been a ref and having been in that position where. No matter what you do, the uh, one team is going to be, you know, no matter how wrong their players are, somebody's going to have a go at you. Um, and to get to the end of the game, and he's right on the side there. And what I think what people forget about referees is that when you, when you're on a team, you've got 14 other players around you, you've got a couple of thousand people supporting <laughs> you, and all of this kind of stuff. When you're the ref, you've got no one. You you got you got two touch judges who are like twenty five thirty meters away, and they're usually the skinniest, smallest people on the pitch. So if anything kicks off, you know you'll you'll you're vulnerable. There's nobody in the crowd is going to be cheering for you. Nobody holds up a banner saying "Come on, the ref." Do you know what I mean? It's it's a really I can change. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it it is. It's a, when something like that happens. It does shake you. It, it is quite scary. So, yeah. and and I know it wasn't. You know, he wasn't throwing a punch or anything, but he was grabbing at him. Then, like you said, it'd been an exchange, and he was grabbing at him, and and he was kind of like pulling him back to to mm. to him to who knows what. So yeah, I do. I hope he does get banned. I hope he yeah. gets a good, hefty, lengthy ban, and. You know, people talk a lot about supporting the referee. We can't play the game without the referee, this, that, and the other. But actually, when it comes down to it, there's very little support for referees. They don't, they don't get the support that they deserve. So, if something doesn't happen, you will find lots of players and coaches a lot further down the system will start going. Well, if they can do it, so can we. Do you know what I mean? Look at uh, Wayne Barnes this week. I don't know if you guys saw it. He's done an interview and he says this is all Vazzy thing. Him and his family have had death threats. That's yeah. right, yeah. You know, and yeah. it's just, it's not on. It's just not on. We've got to no, protect no our referees. Yeah. And yeah, we get frustrated by some of the decisions, but we have to remember they're only human. You yeah. know? No referees in a rugby. Exactly. Well, I don't know if you remember this car because it was. Too much protector. Yeah, it, it was. I think it was when you were living back home. But one of the teams that we both used to play for, um, in one of their league games, the referee ran off the pitch. He blew up early when he was next to the changing room. He went up the steps and locked himself in the in the, the changing room. And a, while a couple of players were trying to kick the door down, he was phoning the police. And who and were we was, playing against? I can't remember. So, yeah, I, I, say, I say we. Um, you know, I played for them at youth level. I played one game against Tenby. He's talking about Premier Doc Harlequins, by the way. Oh, I see you've uh, gone and done it again, mate. <laughs> well, lucky, <laughs> there's you know, a reason why I didn't say but the lucky, name. You know, again, this was a long time ago, back in the amateur yeah, day. You know, they're they're a very ago. historic historic club down in West Wales. Other other Quins, they were my first club, and I, I still wish them all the best. You know, I know it's tough down there. 
uh, and all the local clubs these days. But uh, anyway, yeah, back to the dragons. Yeah, but that's the extent that how referees can get to if it's not stamped on. So dragon and pose thoughts. So Jane, your uh, your team, you go first. Thoughts on dragons? Well, I'm hoping Poe continuing tradition of what a lot of French clubs have done in this competition and just not give a fuck. Quite frankly, because Brief didn't, Bayonne didn't, quite a lot of them haven't. Mm. They've lost their first game at home. Are they really going to care? Are they going to be up for it? Hopefully not. Um, but we can't underestimate them. Yeah, you say that, Jamie, and you say, like, and everyone says about the French, you know, they lose the first game, they're not interested. But as a rugby player, you don't want to lose. You, oh, no, you, of course you are, not. You, but, you know, you, you go out there, you give it no. your best, you want to win that game. But, yeah, but we've seen from team selection, and we've seen from results that that's the case, yeah. you know. And um, they prioritise top 14. That is their bread and butter. You know, I don't blame them. Power struggling, you know, and that's what they're going to well, put their focus yeah. on. But like I said, that's we could still easily lose to these, right? Because the one thing Power are going to bring is a hefty pack. All the French teams mm-hmm. still bring big hefty packs and we gotta sort of have parity up front but um, I'm hoping he'll come down and not give a toss really and it, it'll fast the case and team selection is right and we're on it I think this is a winnable game and you know if we win this game we're in a very good position you know to get out yeah. to the pool so um, yeah I'm, I'm going to back us um, hopefully I said they won't have a head coach for this game so I'm going to go for Dragons by 7 Dragons yeah, by 7 lovely uh, Carwin What's your uh, what's your take? Dragons by fifteen. I think they're they're doing really well. I think um, they're they're showing a lot of promise. I think they'll go quite far in the competition. Cool. Give me dragons by fifteen. Dragons you by fifteen. That's too confident. I don't like it. <laughs> You're making Jamie nervous. I don't like that. It seems visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not the dragon's way to win like that. I don't like it. <laughs> Times are changing. Uh, Reese, what's uh, what's your yeah, thought? I go, yeah, yeah. After the incidents and um, they're sort of lowly place, they don't seem to care. Uh, I'm going to go for dragons by five. Uh, more yeah. comfortable with Jamie. Well, you're going to go for like 20, 25 then, anyway, you were building. I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, I saw like. I just want so, to comfort you, you know. <laughs> Thank so, you, Jay, I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Jamie, have I got free reign to predict a dragon score now, or am I am I still banned from predicting a dragon's win? Oh, come on then. If we if we <laughs> predict a win, if you predict a win and we lose, then it will be all your fault. That's the only thing you've got uh, to remember. So, uh, yeah, go on then, crack on. I will shred yeah. the lucky pants if uh, if that's the case. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Dragons by 10. Um, I think coming back home, three weeks away, coming back home, it'll be quite a nice feeling to to be back at Rodney Parade. I think the crowd will be, mm-hmm. you know, feeling a bit more positive. I think the crowd will, will have an influence on the game. So, yeah, Dragons by 10 and um, hopefully more. But, yeah, Dragons by 10. Amos like on S4C, by the way. It's your wondering. Yeah, lucky bastards. I don't think we Scarlets aren't on. Oh, they are. They're on fire player chat. You're on fire play sports. Scarlet's sure now? Okay. Absolutely. I che- right. Well, according to my TV box, I checked this morning and you was on fire play sports, man. Fire play sports? Is that. Do you have to pay for that? Yeah. It's Premier Sports, mate. Have you got Premier Pre- you got Premier Sports in there? Well, it used to be Premier Sports, but fire play. Oh, mate. So it's basically what was Premier Sports. Is yeah, Premier Sports, basically, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So Scarlet's them. So yeah, I I think the the feeling in the camp is quite good at the minute. Like I said there's a good um smiley, happy faces around. Everybody's feeling that we're going in the right direction and it looks like we're going in the right direction. But then you're playing the cheaters who've not really got any form. Um, you know, they they played in the Irish developing side, went over to South Africa and they played in that and it was an Argentinian team and a Japanese team or whatever. But they've not, you know, they're not in a the league. They're not really competing in any way. Um, so it's hard to judge. Proven, mate. Yeah. And, you know, the team that used to play in the URC, or what used to be the URC, um, you know, that team got disbanded. The club was still there, but the team got disbanded and then put back together sort of a thing. So I think I'm, uh, I'm going to go for a Scarlet's win. Um, and I'm going to go for a Scarlet's win by 10 points. Um, just because I, I've got to pick a number. I, I don't really know how this game is going to go. You know Has it been I played think? in South Africa? Is it being played in South Africa or they've been playing in South Africa? No, is it? No, no, no. It's Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. No, it's in um, Italy. It's in Italy. And that's where they're playing their games. Yeah, they're playing in Italy. Um in one of the stadiums, so it's not in the Zebra Stadium or Benetton, um, but they are down in Italy. So it's yeah. it's kind of a halfway house, so it's not really... It'll be nice and sunny again, but there we go. So, yeah, what did I say? Scarlet's by 10, didn't I? Yeah, right. There we go. They got Ruan Pina still playing for him, 38-year-old Ruan Pina, who played very well, apparently, I guess, pal. Yeah. So, so yeah. a player to watch out for, because he can cause uh, a lot of problems. Yeah. And they've got a lot of unknown players that are coming through trying to make a mark sort of a thing. So, and yeah. cheaters want to get into the URC. So, you know, there we mm. go. Not to be underestimated. Yeah, but hard to judge. So, Jane, what's your uh, what's your prediction? Oh, do you know what? I'm going to fancy... I'm going to tip the Scarlets. Yeah, I fancy the Scarlets to do it. Um, trying to think of a score now. Scarlets by... Five. Scarlet by five. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. See, I got no problems with you being positive about the Scarlet at all, mate. We'll, <laughs> we'll take that shit every day of the week. That's lovely. <laughs> Reese, what's, uh, what's your prediction? I was Scarlet by five as well. I was Sage. Cool. Okay. Cokey. And Carwin. <laughs> that means I'm going to drink more mulled wine and go and cheat us by five. <laughs> 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 Cheetahs by five right lovely jubbly there we go boys and we're done we are done for another week so um, just uh, to say to everyone that we were hoping to have a uh, a second guest on we said we were having a second guest but obviously uh, um, sometimes these things go wrong but we will do our damnedest to get him on at some point. Um, and if we do, it's going to be a really, really good um, yes. good thing to, to hear. So that might be a Christmas special. might be on over Christmas. And we will do plenty of stuff over Christmas, I'm sure, as we get into the festive period. Festive period, it's gone quick, boys. You know, we oh, started, started this in September and we're really? halfway through. Yeah, yeah. We started this, well, actually, we started it in August because we did a pre-season preview. So, not all of yeah. us were on board back then, but, you know, yeah. 
we're halfway through a season nearly, boys. Lovely. Okie cokey. Well, thank you for tonight's gents. Very good. Enjoy the weekend. And, uh, and yeah, take care. Enjoy your like tablets, Reese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good well, good well, Hopefully next week I can talk better. <laughs> Speedy recovery, Reese. Speedy yeah, recovery, mate. Yeah, nice one. Okay, buddy. Yeah. Have a good week, gents. Enjoy your rugby. All the best, guys. Take All care. All the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it enough to come back next week and listen again. So please do subscribe, rate and review the pod as it really helps us on most of the platforms that we appear on. You can keep the conversation going on Twitter and Facebook by searching for us on RAP, W-R-R-A-P. Or you can email us on welshregionalrugbypod at gmail. We'll be back next week to do some more of the same. We hope you'll come and enjoy us. And in the meantime, enjoy your rugby. Sports Social Podcast Network.